The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents The Reforming Business Podcast. Join Gary and Nathan as they reignite your passion for God and business. Welcome to the Reforming Business Podcast. This is Gary. This is Nathan. And today we're going to be discussing an issue that we have all dealt with, discouragement. I just don't get the mentality of being head down sad on a Monday morning. I'm gonna make you Saturday Monday morning. That's what I wanna do every morning and that's what I want from you. Please, take a step back and think about how awesome it actually is. And then, recognize that you can attack the world in a totally different way because you were lucky enough to be born during this era. So you're one minute, you're doing fine, everything's very routine, and uh, either some circumstances hit that you weren't prepared for, or just in general, you start to feel that spiritual slump. And boy, it can affect your business in some very drastic ways. So that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about the issues of discouragement, how it works, what are some biblical answers to it. And we're going to try to just cover the whole spectrum. Again, we want to remind you that before the show or during the show, we'll typically have Facebook Live going. So check us out on there. We'll uh, be dropping some stuff on Snapchat or a bunch of other stuff. But we really want to address the person today that owns a business and they are extremely discouraged. Right. Uh, I also want to encourage our listeners to um, interact with us. Interact with us on Facebook, at the live feed. Uh, Write us. We're here to serve and to help people. It's just not to have a podcast because that's the cool thing to do nowadays. Um, We want to see Christian business owners and Christians alike grow, just do things that they never thought they could do with the help of God. And a big part of that is interacting with us. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And just know, you know, before these podcasts start, we are praying. We are praying for the people that will be listening. We're praying for the business owners. We're praying for employees, families. I mean, we know business essentially affects every area of life and it affects whole communities. So we're serious about what we're doing here. We think that God can really enable you to be far more effective in your culture, in your community, in your homes, in your workplaces through his word and through just humble submission to his His law. Uh, Gary, before we jump in, is there anything off the top of your head that you want to maybe update, anything like that, before we just dive in? Well, other than uh, we are now on the uh, Reconstructionist radio program, so if you have yet subscribed to that, you can find that on Facebook, or they also have a website. Yep, ReconstructionistRadio.com. They do a lot of just narrations for books and articles. They feature several different podcasts that all address current issues uh, through a biblical worldview. There's a lot of a lot of people behind the scenes working. We have other things that are coming up. We're really just going to be putting a lot of energy to utilize this program to encourage business owners and those who have been toying with the idea to get serious about it. So, discouraged in business. Are you discouraged? I think the question we'd have to ask first is why. And I think before the show, me and Gary got together and we discussed for an hour or so, we started writing some things down, stuff that we've thought about for a while, but also some fresh things. Uh, We discovered that there is two options here. There's two things, legitimate concerns you could have and non-legitimate. Right. 
So when it comes to just the broader idea of, of uh, being discouraged in business, there are some things that you rightfully can be discouraged about. And it's unavoidable. In fact, it would be irresponsible for you not to be. Right, yeah. So some of those areas would be finances, right? Yeah. Uh, so we've all been through the struggle or go through the struggle of trying to manage finances in a business. And uh, it's not easy. No, it's not. Um, we all start with a certain goal. We have a number in mind of what we want to achieve. Uh, goals we want to hit either you know, monthly or annually. And sometimes that doesn't happen in our time frame. Right. And that could be discouraging. Right. Or there's there's always family, you know, or friends that will say, you know, you're setting unre- unrealistic goals. And so that discourages you right from the gate. You're ready to hit it hard. And everyone's telling you that you're not going to do it. That's a good point because you have to convince more than yourself. Right. There's close people in your life that you have to do, uh, convince that you can do this thing. Right. And, and it may be 10 years into your business and you're still trying to convince them. Right. <laughs> And you may not, you know, and so part of it's discerning the right people to tell the right information to, Yeah. you know, but because you're going to have enough discouragement on your own dealing with your own spiritual depression. You want to try to position yourself around people that are wise and discerning to where they can have good input on on the information you need yet all the time, not weighing you down. Um, Gary, without going into the non legitimate ways to be concerned about money because we're going to cover that in a little bit what are specific legitimate concerns when it comes to finances when you're in business for yourself yeah so the the number one concern that comes right off the top of my mind is not stewarding that money well right yeah that would definitely cause some depression right the undergirded guilt of knowing that your money can be doing a lot more and you're just not utilizing it the way that you want to, and you know the way that God wants you to. And so we, we've been there, where we're, we're looking at our finances and we're going, here's my profit margins, here's the return on investment, here's the money that we know are coming into the business. How can I utilize that in a way that's effective, in a way that's good, in a way that's right? And, um, and what that looks like, because underneath that, there's also another side of things where you feel the pressure from a, a distracted Christian culture that says virtually anything you purchase, rather for pleasure or for necessity, is only good based on your current need. And so you'll look at it and go, well, can I buy a cheeseburger, right? I mean, I, I know I can settle for broccoli, but I kind of want to take my wife out and have some drinks and have a good day, right? So there's the, the illegitimate pressure of a culture that's weighing down on you going, don't enjoy your money, even if you have extra money. And then the other side is uh, trying to enjoy it too fast, right? Trying to enjoy it in, in a way that makes it not as efficient. And money always flows to efficiency, so one of the keys in business is to ensure that you're running as lean and efficient as possible because the money that your clients bring you will rapidly move efficiently through your system. So so a legitimate concern would fall back on your ability to manage money right. well. Right. And if you do not know how to learn. Exactly. Because why would you think God is going to give you 
more. success or more if you can't manage what you have now. Yeah. He's not going to add to that problem. Right. You know, and that's, that's, so that's and, good. And, yeah, and one of the difficulties here is when it comes to accounting is it's boring. But there's no way around it. So, and and we all learn it. You know, you start a business and thrown basically right into the water. And you have to learn, you have to develop, you have to progress through those incoming products or service payments or whatever they are. But the one thing that's unavoidable is you have to, you have to know accounting to some degree. Yeah, and your discouragement won't begin and end with yourself. You're discouraged in that realm because it affects other people. Mm-hmm. Your mismanagement of your money will affect your wife, your your children, your your bills. Your if you have uh, employees, it's going to mm-hmm. affect them. Yeah. I mean, if you have that messed up, a yeah. lot of people are affected by that, and that's going to cause this stress and pressure on you that doesn't need to be there. Right. If you would just learn some simple right. steps on management. Now, that's keep it. in mind, you're not you're typically not going to learn this stuff by default in your normal public school. You'll learn some finances, but when it comes to business entrepreneurship, right? Owning and starting a business, it becomes a lot more difficult. And the reason is, is because very few, if any, college professors, for instance, they're typically tenured. So starting a business is not in their, it's not in their vision because they've never done it. So you're going to have this uh, unbalanced view of how to run a business, how to start a business, how to uh, how to get investors, or how to uh, cut back on profit until you have a viable minimum product of some sort. A lot of this you unfortunately have to learn by default, by your own default, by defaulting to your mistakes and learning as quickly as possible. I mean, there are other books. I'm, I'm not saying that there's not bright accountants out there. There's not bright uh, courses on the issues of accounting specifically, but when you're owning a business and you're looking at the stuff and you've got multiple different things that are coming in, going out, it's you either have to learn it very quickly or partner with somebody that's gifted in those areas. Right. Something tells me we're probably going to end up putting something together. <laughs> yeah. You know, some sort of uh, money yeah. management information to help people. Sure. Yeah, down the line. Down yeah. the line. Yeah. Second one we talked about is a lack of growth, a legitimate concern. Why is there no growth? Yeah. I mean, we could say that lack of managing money, you know, you could just spend it all efficiency, you know, and you don't put into your company the correct amount that you should. Uh, What are other some areas you think that that are legitimate concerns? Because I keep wanting to slip into the (laughs) non-legitimate area. But let's just try to remember the legitimate concern when it comes to lack of growth. That would cause discouragement. Well, I guess one way would be that the the legitimate side of things, mm-hmm. the legitimate side of when we look at uh, needing or or wanting or expecting growth to happen, is doing so in a in a way that uh, focuses simply on what you get and not what you're giving. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. Right. And so you you legitimately where you come off here, and this falls into the illegitimate reasons. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to your desire right now, you're looking at the bottom line, you have a goal, you need more business, that's a legitimate concern because you need to, you know, in order for you to grow, you need to make more money. The problem is, it's kind of this cycle that you can fall into and you can be only focusing on the need to grow to where you're not focusing on providing your customers with the most efficient 
and quality-based product or slash service that you can. And when you do that, you can get really lost in the, the, uh, the joy of taking your business to new levels. Yeah, right. Because I remember when we, we actually came up with this first part of the list, the legitimate concerns, that was something we were talking about that, you know, it's not all negative. There are real concerns out there that are legitimate yeah. for uh, business owners. And, and the lack of growth um, and, and expanding your business, like you said, it could come back on to, it's all about what I'm getting, you know, and, and you can only get so much without having to give back out, especially with a Christian worldview. Um, considering why you're doing what you're doing. Like I think we mentioned last week, asking God the question, you know, did you and why did you ordain my business? If in fact you did. And, you know, and looking beyond dollars and cents. Exactly. And right now you're, you're, you're discouraged because you don't have enough business. I, I would say don't spend all your time worrying about simply the reality that you don't have enough business. I don't want you to be passive, right? That's not a goal for the individuals who are in this area to go, well, whatever. Right. So we are saying it's a legitimate concern, but the remedy of it isn't just to be focusing on the fact that you need new business. You need to go back and look at the product and service that you're providing and make sure that it's it's as efficient and as high quality as you can provide for the people that have a problem that you're trying to solve. Right. Because that's essentially what business is. You're solving problems. You're gathering resources that are scattered, mm -hmm. and you're efficiently delivering them to other individuals. Because every business that's out there, I haven't thought of one yet that somebody can't replicate. And so the difference is the amount of time and effort and networking and researching and learning that goes in to gathering those resources up. Now, either I can spend $200 on having somebody come and install a let's an air conditioner, right? How much? I don't know. Two, five, six, whatever. And I can learn or I can learn it. Yeah. Right. So it's you're you're either exchanging money for somebody who's already gathered those resources and can solve my problem or you're spending inefficient time learning something that you're only going to learn once. New business is, is a legitimate concern. So if you're there, we want you to be thinking of it, but thinking of it from an individual quality service product base. Right, and think about it long term, yep. generational. You know, it's it's a it's not going to happen overnight. You know, this whole get rich thing um, quickly, the scheme or whatever you call it. Right. You know, that just it's just it doesn't happen overnight, especially um, when you want to build something. Yeah. You know, if you're looking long term, you're thinking generational. You're thinking um, blessing your children's children. Absolutely. You know, leaving them an inheritance. Absolutely. Um, being having a stake in in your community. Uh, that's going to outlast you. That just that you need to strap on those running shoes and go slow <laughs> and work hard in those areas that you want it to last. Oh, Lord. It's easy to blame God, but harder to fix things. We look in the skylight. Why ain't you listening? Watching the news. So discouragement. Right. Um, the third one, how relationships in the workplace you know what I mean? Dealing with people. Yeah. And with people, here comes problems. Yeah. And especially when you're trying to run a business. And that could be discouraging. So what are the legitimate concerns there? The primary legitimate concern is that you are not discipling your people. And if, uh, let's say I was to go to your business and ask the people that you employ, are you growing? Do you feel 
uh, encouraged? Do you feel like you are growing as an individual having been at this business? Uh, so when you say disciple, yeah. you're not speaking specifically in Christian discipleship terms. Because obviously there's Christian business owners who have non-Christian employees. And well, yes. how would you, if they're thinking only in that term, how would you mean disciple? So I would mean in the Matthew 28, where we are inadvertently, whether they like it or not, they believe in God. We're not cramming the gospel down their throat. But we are teaching them the way that the world works because we have inside information. And so we're training them. We're growing them. You know, we are, we are looking for and, uh, opportunities to educate them in every area of life. When it comes to relationships, one of the primary ways that you can go wrong is think that the, the health of your business and the people that are there have no bearing on you at all. And that's, that's so far from the truth. And because people are thinking like that, they don't seriously take their own attitude toward their people seriously. Yeah, and that's honestly pretty frightening. Um, for me, when I, when I hire someone, my biggest concern is will I be able to provide for them? Right. Will they want to stay on with me because I'm helping them provide for their family? Right. And so when I start to lose business, it's just not about me. It's all of a sudden we <laughs> are losing business. Right. And for that, for years, that kept me from hiring anyone. I mean, there was other reasons, but that, that still bothers me. Like, I want to treat them good. I want to give them opportunities to grow and to use, um, well, to be free, mm -hmm. to, to actually add to the business and pick up skills and even make more money mm -hmm. doing extra things, mm -hmm. you know, just to promote them and make them feel like they're a part of something right you know and that doesn't always come down to like i talked about just discipling but that's helping them to grow and yeah. to be valued caring for them yeah 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 i mean if you think about it in every area of life you think of a, a teacher who doesn't care about the advancements of her students right you think about a shepherd who doesn't care about the health of his sheep and then you think of the audacity of a business owner that starts a business and doesn't care about his own people. Right. It's it's frightening. You, well, yeah, to get. I mean, they're just there uh, for you to get rich off of their back. Yep. Basically. Yep. They're doing the things that you don't want to do. Yep. It's a That's it's a wicked shepherd, and God will judge. And so, one of the ways that you can be discouraged is the relationships in your business are are um, not well. And obviously, that we don't have the ability to make somebody enjoy their job. But boy, we can sure contribute to uh, them not enjoying it. Right. You understand that as a Christian business owner, I am I, I cannot separate my walk with God from my business. Nope. That means I am supposed to invite or introduce things like good works into my business. Mm -hmm. That means I can do things for my employer or my employees that fall under the category of good works. I can bless them. I can help them. I can bless their family. Mm -hmm. I can go out of my way to do things that would fall under that category. That is ministry. Right. You know what I mean? And, and I mean, there's just areas that will, it'll give you joy. It will. You know, yeah. to treat them well and yeah. to do things that they would just don't expect. Yeah, because the reality is that if if it's an issue of, let's say, finances, for instance, and they need to grow in their net worth. 
Well, then you need to be helping them grow as individuals who have the capability of being independent and not solely tied to your business, right? And so growing them as people in general, growing them as, as uh, people that are made in the image of God right. and, and loving them. So it's legitimate. It's a reality that we must face. And we cannot change. I mean, being in management for 14 years before grafted in started i remember i remember having all kinds of different people come through those doors mm-hmm. i remember distinctively a couple times where i felt like i wanted everyone to be fired mm-hmm. only to realize by the grace of god if that's the position you hold you're probably the one that needs to be fired so you you have to you have to start with fixing relationships in the workplace with fixing your your passion for the people and understanding your responsibility there as well. Yeah, relationships are not a necessary evil to business. Right. It is business. It is. Your re- it's, it's no different than your relationship to your customer. Right. Because it's, it's a person. It's someone made in the image of God. Right. I, I mean, how dare you, with a smile on your face, go overboard for your customer and then turn around mm-hmm. and then chew out one of your employees employees yeah i mean they're, they're two people you right. know and absolutely absolutely it's uh so so that's uh that it's a legitimate concern uh just don't let it fall on your lap uh don't let it just sit there and you do nothing about it um there there are people that you're not going to be able to change but that that shouldn't affect you any that shouldn't deter you from working toward increasing the value of working in your company so so the next one that we cover for legitimate concerns this is the last one is uh, basically the impact that you're having. You're beginning to isolate yourself. I think it's Proverbs 18 warns us against isolation. And when we begin to isolate ourselves, we begin to just think about our own good. And so one of those concerns is you're noticing that there's, there's not a whole lot happening around you mm-hmm. in terms of what your business is doing to affect people and your community that's a legitimate concern to have yeah it is yeah i mean uh, i was for a few years well you can't really call it a business i was more self-employed i didn't have employees it was just me working on my own you know and i didn't have any other impact than me and the direct customer that i was providing a service for you know and then now i started thinking about boy how this is going to eventually grow which involves people. <laughs> yeah. I have to bring on people and provide uh, more services to more people. And it's it's if you're going to be in business, you have to get that in your head. And in fact, I would say that one of the motivations to start a business and why I think actually I would probably take the position you'd be crazy not to start a business. And there are all different kinds of reasons why, but as a Christian, it's ludicrous not to do as far as I'm concerned. I understand that there are people that probably aren't prepped, they aren't ready, but I would say that you have to start thinking in that way. One primary reason is the over-exertion of the state in your taxes. And there are some benefits of owning a business that can help you avoid that. And this is getting to our point here on impacting the culture around you. And uh, secondarily, uh, right now you're either going to trade dollars for your hours, right? Mm -hmm. Or you're going to trade, and I think it was Mark Cuban that said this, 
ideas for millions. So either you only make money when you can physically be at another location, or you start a business where you can begin to generate income that doesn't simply require your presence. And so that begins to take an effect on your culture. And it affects the lives of people that are around you. So one thing that you can do right now to kind of switch that up is to begin to look at your business and say, is there a way for me to generate income without me having to physically be in that location? And that's the only way I'm going to make money because it's very difficult to get ahead with that mentality. So if you're if you're going, man, it's just me. There's not a lot of uh, activity going on. I don't hire anybody. I don't have any uh, community impact. We'll start to think a little bit different about the way you do business. Yeah. Well, yeah, guess what? While you're thinking that there is somebody with their face in their hands crying because they can't find a job. Right, right. <laughs> and a wife rubbing his shoulders, going, "Don't worry, honey, you'll get one." Right. You know, and, and I was—I've been there. Yeah. And if somebody like who had something for me to do, I would do anything. Yeah. To bring money home to my wife. Yeah. And my children, and uh, so for us to hoard all that and do everything ourselves, yeah. and not even think that there's someone out there that we could bless. Yeah. And reproduce ourselves and I, our energy. Absolutely, I know guys right now that are making seven hundred thousand dollars a month doing what I do in marketing, and uh, they hire nobody. They have some virtual assistants that they pay two or three dollars an hour over in Vietnam, which I'm not against. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, they have, like I said, eighty to ninety percent profit margins, and they have their own business, their laptop, and very little impact. And I'm not saying just waste money just to have an impact, Mm -hmm. but I'm saying be creative. Be creative in the way that you can do that. Don't just look at, okay, I'm generating money and I'm doing it uh, with the highest ROI, the least amount of spend. Mission complete. There we go. I can die now, you know? That's just making money. Yeah. That's not business. That's not business. No. Really real to where is he? You see the same God that we're saying might not even exist becomes real to us, but only when we're dying in bed. So we're going to just kind of jump right into where we left off on the last section. We didn't touch yet, but we're going to now is the non-legitimate reasons to be discouraged. Right. Some of the things that we discussed was being in competition, looking at our competition and allowing that to be a discouragement to where we are in regard to our growth uh, compared to whoever else provides the same service. Yeah. And so here we kind of alluded to it when we talked about a legitimate reason to be discouraged is you're looking for new business and you're not getting it. And I alluded to it there is that you can have an over-consuming view of your competition to where you're always looking at them, always checking on them. The problem when you do that is they are the innovators in your industry. So industry innovation and competitive innovation happens when you begin to be the innovator. So if you, in a very unhealthy way, are focusing on your competition, you have staled in the way that you compete. Right. Because they're the standards. Right. And they've set the standards. So really here, just to say it's non-legitimate, it's a non-legitimate area to be discouraged because that shouldn't be your focus. Right. God didn't call you into that business to compete. Right. But to set a higher standard. Right. Right. Exactly. And so innovation is a way to kickstart 
your staple in the community. So be innovative, be looking and researching and testing and doing things that other people simply aren't doing. Yeah, not just how can you do it better than your competition, but how can you do this better in general? For the client, for for the customer. For the customer, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so the second one was finances. Uh, we talked about legitimate reasons over finances, but there's also illegitimate reasons. Yeah, there's very practical legitimate reasons, such as just not being able to provide for your family. Yeah. Things aren't working out. Maybe this is not for you. Uh, but a non-legitimate way is just for the money. And to look at business with the same worldview as the world, as an unbeliever, and look at just getting successful, just becoming rich. Perhaps your motives are so far gone or off that you're inviting discouragement because you're not making the amount of money that you want. Right. And, and, and you're not thinking of ter- in terms of what we've been discussing this whole show, of providing a service, of impacting and discipling individuals and people and, and being innovative in ways that you're going to actually impact the world with your influence. And if that is not your concern, if that's not your goal, it's just to make money as a believer you're just going to run dry very quickly. Even if you get the money. Yeah, even if you get, you're right. Even if you hit success, you're going to find out that at the top of that mountain, you're dry. We don't really care for a Leave me alone, God. I'll call you when I need you again, which is funny. Everyone will sleep in a beautiful All right, now we're going to get into a needed part of this podcast. And that is, what are the five ways to get over the hurdle of discouragement? Because obviously we've recognized that we all are discouraged. We all have issues, legitimate and Ill- illegitimate reasons to be discouraged in business. But regardless what th- those answers are, we need to figure out how to get over that discouragement. We need to progress in our view. If you're waking up, it's Monday morning and we're coming at you and we're saying you need to grow and move past this discouragement. And obviously there are reasons, like we said, legitimate reasons why you're going to be discouraged. And it would be foolish just to say, oh, dismiss it, right? Just positive thinking. But what we do want to talk about are five ways, very practical ways that you can get over discouragement today, right? And so Nathan, you want to jump into the first one? Uh, Yeah, I think the first one would really have to do with your relationship with God. I know here at Reforming Business, we, we don't make a false distinction between secular and sacred. All of life is is sacred, is spiritual. And it may just be that there's a discouragement happening in your life that's not connected to necessarily things such as income or relationships. Perhaps you're not in covenant with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Um, Or maybe you are a, a Christian and you have fallen out of fellowship with God. Or there's things that you're needing to repent of. Um, I think as first and foremost, that's what we need to do. We need to revisit our covenant with God through faith in Christ. And if there's things in our life that we know we're doing that are unethical in business or in moral in our relationship with other people, whatever it is, get with God and make things right and, and, and rekindle that passion. Yeah. And, 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 and just Go back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it could be you just need passion for your business again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Go to God for that. I mean, he's the source of all life. Uh, and I would say that would be probably the first thing. If you're dealing with discouragement, get to the source. It's it's going to be spiritual no matter what it is, where it's coming from. It's something you want to bring before God. Yeah, and if that's broken, if if that relationship is broken, nothing else can fix the other 
areas of life because that is critical to the health of your business, to your walk, to your family, to the way that you handle every area of life. You have to be in that relationship with God. And that, that covenant has got to be renewed every day. And listen, if you're if you're asking yourself, if you're listening to this podcast and you're saying, well, how do I know if that's me? You know if you could care less about God or his word in business last Friday and Thursday and Wednesday and Tuesday and Monday and Saturday and Sunday. You don't care. I, I mean, come on. You you know that you went to work and once you punched in, once you sat down at the desk, God was as far from your dealings as the ocean or the or the mountains or the desert. And I mean, you know that. So if you are sitting here and you're going, I wonder, and then you think back to those days and you go, I I, I didn't console with God on anything. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Yeah. That's why you're discouraged. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's one primary and exclusive area that you need to focus on. Right. Um, what is it in Proverbs? Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and he'll direct your path. Yep. I mean, <laughs> right. how more close you get to, to laying out your business, you know, and, and what your daily activities is bringing it before God. But, you know, maybe you're a business owner and somehow you came across this podcast and and you don't have a relationship with God or, or well, let me correct myself. We all have a relationship with God. The question is, is it a good one or a bad one? Are we under God's judgment or are we in favor with God because of what Christ has done and our faith in Him? Um, I know at Acts 3.19 it says, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. And, and that is something to say. You say, well, repent of what? you got to understand that every transgression of God's law is a sin. And because we transgress God's law, and because God is just and holy, He does not, nor will He ever sweep sin under the rug. Mm-hmm. He must deal with it. Yeah. And He has dealt with it once and for all in the cross of Jesus Christ. And when we bring our life, and we bring our sins before God, He can faithfully and justly forgive and blot out, as that verse says, blot out our sins, wipe them out, and bring us in a right relationship with Himself because of what His Son has done. There is absolutely nothing we can do to work into the favor of God. He has done the work for us. But now he repents, as the verse says. He, now he, sorry, commands that we repent mm-hmm. and turn to him. And once you do that, he promises to wipe away all your sins and to grant you everlasting life with the righteousness of his own son mm-hmm. upon you. Um, and we see that in the cross of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. And then that's when you understand that it's bigger than yourself. Your yeah. business is bigger than yourself. God's kingdom is in the earth growing and expanding. And as a Christian person and business owner, we play a part in that. Yeah. Just like episode one, God has put you in a garden. Yeah. And what piece of that garden belongs to only you? Right. That only you can cultivate and work at and what will you do with what he's given you yep. he's called you to that and so uh being a business owner you're you're accountable for a lot but the the swift judgment of god has come upon his son and now he cries out that your business dealings would lead you your bad business dealings will glorify God by leading you to the cross. 
And so if you're not there, you have to start with the foundations of having a covenant with God, being in relationship with the God who created you. And part of repenting um, would have to do with number two. Um, when it comes to giving, mm -hmm. um, Gary, how would you say uh, one way to overcome the hurdle of discouragement Yeah. Um, in that giving, area? Yeah, so giving, uh, generosity. So uh, that's, that's an area that we are each accountable for, mm -hmm. right? So God has called us to be generous as Christians. God has called us to be charitable. God has called us to tithe. God has called us to take the profits that he gives us and to give him the first fruits. And so that's a calling that God has placed on individuals and isn't abrogated because of the New Testament. Right. We are still called to be generous, to give the first fruits to our God and our King, mm -hmm. and allow him to bless those efforts. You know, in Acts 20, 35, it says, In all things I have shown you that by working hard, in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, that's a way that God has made the world. Mm -hmm. And there is no getting past that. There's no avoiding gravity on this planet because that's a way that God has made this world. There's no way to get past the need for you to lighten up your grip of, your, of God's money. <laughs> You've got to do it. It doesn't all belong to you. And so if you're discouraged and you're holding on to your money, basically all you're doing is keeping pennies when God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Right. Amen. And so Proverbs 11 says, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessings will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. There are poor people around you. There are people who need you. There are family and friends that are struggling, and you know they are. And yet you hold tighter and tighter and tighter to your money, and then you wonder, why am I discouraged? Have an impact. Lighten your grip. So in, in that, I mean, we have to flow right to the next one, which is to rekindle your passion for discipling your family. Right. I mean, what an odd thing to go, okay, we're, this is a business podcast. This isn't focused on your family. <laughs> but, boy, that plays a role. As a business owner, you know that there's no 9 to 5. You don't punch in and punch out. It's 24-7. You're always thinking about your business. You're thinking about how to do different things. You're answering emails, texts. I mean, it's just one of those things that can easily slip into, take over, Take a hold of the wheel, and your family falls to the wayside. Mm -hmm. Your responsibility to disciple them just vanishes, and all they see is dad coming in and out, hustling from the home office or, or off to work, on the phone, and, and they're going, "Wow, uh, I don't want to fall. I don't want to follow him. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take over the, his business when I get older mm -hmm. and become that." And and, and and it's a discouragement and maybe that responsibility that God has blessed you with. And I want to say that discipling your family is a blessing. Mm -hmm. uh, it brings more joy to me than anything else in my life mm -hmm. to have the time to sit down with my children 
and go through the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not just a joy, it's a responsibility. And I can see, I'm, I, I've, I've dealt with that. I've disc- I get Me discouraged too. <laughs> when business interrupts home responsibilities. Or vice versa. That's one of them. And so if that's the case, what do we do? Is it time management? Learning to say no? What are some things you can think off the top yeah, of our head? Top, How do we get yeah. back to that responsibility and that joy of taking uh, our family yeah. and, and sitting down with them, giving them our time, our devotion, and discipling them? Well, I would say as a business owner, don't have such a wide separation of the two. Bring them together. You know, Capitalize on the efforts that you're doing at home with the efforts you're doing at work by incorporating your family, you know, and showing them the fruit of your labor and yet the sweat of your labor as well. Right. And that's how it's worked for generations. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I bring my seven-year-old to work right. with me. Right. I, I let him work, and, you know, to teach him. Um, the principles of work and money are taught in my home. Um, it's all through Scripture. And right. so in our time before bed, when we're going through the Bible, sometimes it comes up. I mean, just, you're right, to incorporate the two and not create this dichotomy. Right. And I would also say another thing is to, uh, at the same time, have some clear lines. Mm-hmm. Like in my, in, in what we do, you know, online marketing, I can literally do anywhere. Mm-hmm. All I need is my phone. The problem is I can do it anywhere. All I need is my phone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I have needed <clears throat> my wife to come alongside me, and uh, I'm still learning this. But how and when to shut it off? It's very difficult. I love what I do. I want to do it better. Unfortunately, that can create some uh, uh, overbalanced passion that can uh, a whole day can be swept away by looking at a screen. So have boundaries and yet incorporate them. Good, good. All right, uh, let's jump into the next one. Um, love your co-laborers, customers. And competitors. Yep. So we like had three that. C's. Three C's. Yeah. <laughs> we worked hard on that one. So so in, in discour- overcoming discouragement. Yeah. So if you're going to overcome discouragement, like it or not, your co-laborers, your employees uh, play a role in this. Yeah. Your customers play a role in this. Your competition plays a role in this. And we've alluded to all this already. Right. But if you want to get over discouragement, love them. Love them. I, I mean, yeah, really <laughs> yeah. legitimately love them. Psalms 119, David says, Deal bountiful with your servant that I may live and keep your word. This mm. is David talking to his king. Right. Saying, Deal graciously, bountifully with me. Mm-hmm. And do the same to the people around you. Right? Yeah. Deal with them in, in that, those same, same exact ways. So. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, whenever. It- we even get in this competition, Boaz always comes up. <laughs> right. Because I always think of him coming onto the field and he greets his workers and he blesses them in the name of the Lord and they bless him back. I mean, there's a scene of just this joyous labor and relationship between the employer and the employees. But if I treat them good, you know what I mean? Right. You want to treat them good. Yeah. You should want, you know, Ephesians 6 talks about the slave and the master relationship. Slaves are to obey their earthly masters, while at the same time, those masters are called to treat their slaves in the same way, not threatening them. Since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. God does not favor you, the owner, over your employee. Don't 
don't ever get that twisted. Don't ever think that because I'm the owner and I'm more accountable, that you are more precious in the sight of God. God desires a relationship with the people he has created. Therefore, your people, your employees, your clients, right, your customers, your competition, they all are made in the image of God, and you are called to love them. That's right. And so the last one is probably the most important one, and that is that the fifth way for you to get over the, way, the hurdle of discouragement is to see your business matters in the furtherance of the kingdom of God. Right. I, like you said, Gary, I think we alluded back to this a couple of times, um, but just looking beyond yourself, looking beyond your business, uh, looking into the future, um, per se, just considering the fact that because you are a child of God and you're a Christian, that your business has everything to do with your life and the lives of the people around you. And when it comes to advancing the kingdom of God, it comes to the gospel, we can't reduce the gospel down to a few propositions um, about Jesus dying for the salvation of individual souls. It's about God's kingdom. Jesus came, John came preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. That the kingdom of God has entered into history. And that God, the ruler of all, the universe, who owns the whole planet, has given us a responsibility of discipling. What was... What did we speak about earlier a little bit? Uh, Matthew 28, mm -hmm. the Great Commission. You know, he sent the disciples out to the world to make disciples of the nations, teaching them all that God has commanded. Mm -hmm. Now, does God have something to say about business? Does. does God have something to say about the marketplace, about the money, the economy? Yes, he does. And as if we're dealing, if our dealings are in that area, then we've got to bring our worldview into that. Yeah. That can't help but impact it. Hey. And, and if you're discouraged, it's because you've lost that vision. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the very likely possibilities. You need to rekindle your goals and your vision for how your business will impact the culture around you. And if you're thinking about starting one, you need to be thinking about how will this business, it could be the most mundane product, right? But it's more than the product. It's you, it's individuals, it's the commerce, it's the communications, it's the phone calls, it's the emails. All of those have staples of Christian reformed thinking on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's more than just putting a Jesus fish logo right. your, next to your company name. Right. It's actually nothing to do with that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's about how you apply the word of God to yeah. your business, to your dealings, to everything of your life, including your business. And, and how that impacts people around you. Yeah, so that's the question. How will you apply the Word of God and with your passion and your, your gratitude for the gospel of Jesus Christ, how will mm -hmm. you take that and, and drive it into the marketplace? Drive it into the place that you're driving to right now, today, where there are people that are employed by the product and service that you provide how will your passion for Jesus affect them forever? So take that. We, we want you to uh, start your Monday morning passionately applying the Word of God to every area of life. And in this podcast, that means your business. So you guys have a good week, and we'll talk to you next week. Get to work.
Thank you for listening to Reconstructionist Radio and the Reforming Business Podcast with Gary and Nathan. May you glorify God in all of your business dealings. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.